going. She going. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Make that stop. The, unemplo the unemployment dance. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You've joined three million Americans? Is that the number? 3.3 million, I believe, is Woo what it is. I'm, you might say I'm one in 3.3 million. God bless America. <laughs> Land that fired me. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, you win some, you lose a lot. Like America. a job, for example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, do you want to actually get started? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can put that in. We don't have to put that in. But I don't know if we should put it in just because I don't know if the government listens and I don't want to be talking shit until I got a reference. If the government's listening, uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can do a five star <laughs> rating and review. That can be in my severance package. Yeah, right. <laughs> Part of the severance package. You have to rate the podcast five stars and tell us we do real good. Anywho. Uh, it's fine. It's all right. It's fine. It's like nothing fine. at all. Everything sucks and I'm dying, but it's fine. Well, this isn't going to suck because um, tonight, the, the, the night of recording this, is the start of the second best holiday in world history. And do you know what that holiday is? Give me a minute. So tomorrow is the holiday? or No, tonight. Tonight. Tonight is Sunday, Sunday, August 9th, 2020. And it is it, the, the beginning of the second best holiday in Uni United yeah, States history. Yeah, I think it's only a U.S. It definitely is. Um, I'm going to spoil it for you. Ramadan? It's Shark Week. Shark Week. <laughs> it's Shark Week. <laughs> Ramadan? I was like, Ramadan isn't, it's not yet. No. no. Why do you think Ramadan's the second best holiday? That's interesting. I don't know because it starts at night and it's pretty. It's pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. My my Muslim friends they go they pop off like it's pretty lit. I'm not gonna lie. Well, Shark Week. I've never been more lit uh, in my life <laughs> when I worked at a pool and it was Shark Week. So um, to kind of launch Shark Week for everybody this glorious week in what has been just months of of horrible things happening um we're gonna talk about um some famous shark attacks that Ooh. inspired um probably the most famous depiction of a shark attack in pop culture history of ever and we'll get to it soul but, surfer Yes, exactly. Uh, Johnny Tsunami. Um, that Blake Lively movie. The one with her in the... She's on like a buoy for like 20% of the movie. The Shallows. The Shallows. Yep. Not to be confused with the Lady Gaga song. Shallow. Anyway. Shallow. <laughs> yeah, this has nothing to do with any of those things. So this is the shark attacks that inspired Jaws. Partially. Oh, that would have been my next guess after Shark Tank with Mark Cuban. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it, but they, they partially inspired the book. I'm not saying it, the book and the movie. I'm not saying it's like 100% inspired by it, but it's mentioned. Yeah. So anyway, so between July 1st and 12th, 1916, five people were attacked by sharks along the coast of New Jersey, and only one of these victims survived. And the first major attack occurred on Saturday, July 1st at Beach Haven on Long Beach Island off the southern coast of New Jersey, where I will be sometime next week. I'm not saying the exact dates because probably shouldn't give our exact location on exact times, but yeah. And you might get robbed because that's what happened to my cousin. She posted about her vacation on Facebook and came home to a borderline empty house. Elliot's not coming. Don't steal shit while he's here. He what never if they steal the Elliot? <laughs> sure. Take him. <laughs> um, so 23-year-old Charles Epting Van Zant of Philadelphia was on vacation at the Angleside Hotel with his family. Before dinner, Van Zant decided to take a quick swim with 
I don't know if it was his dog or somebody else's dog, but there was a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, which are super cute dogs. Will the dog be okay? I don't... You're pausing. I don't like that. Let me get to it. Hold on, because I don't remember. Um, Oh, that's helpful. That's that's not worrisome. So uh, I don't think it was his dog. This dog was, like, playing on the beach, and he went into the water, and the dog followed him in the water, and any time a dog follows you... It's an angel following you, so you need to you need to pay attention. So him and the dog are in the water, and Van Zant started yelling. And people on the beach thought that he was calling to the dog, but the shark had actually bit both of his legs. Ah! Um, yeah. He was rescued by lifeguard Alexander Ott and a bystander named Sheridan Taylor, who claimed that the shark followed him to shore as they pulled the bleeding Van Zant from the water. Yikes. Van Zant's left thigh was stripped of its flesh. He bled to death on the manager's desk of the Angleside Hotel at 6.45 p.m. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, despite the Van Zant attack, beaches along the Jersey Shore remained open. Sightings of large sharks swimming off the coast of New Jersey were reported by sea captains entering the ports of Newark and New York City, but they were dismissed. And Wow. Uh, you'll have to know, like, at this time, like, I'll get to some of the research that was done afterwards, but shark attacks were not a huge thing prior to this summer happening. Um, so, like, now, if somebody was attacked by a shark, they would close the beach, obviously. Yeah. Like, people wouldn't be allowed in the water. But right. that was not the case at this time in 1916. Of so, course not. The second major attack happened on Thursday, July 6, 1916, in the resort town of Spring Lake, which is 45 miles north of Beach Haven. I have family that have, like, houses there. Like, I've gone, sw- I've gone swimming to all of these places, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but the victim was 27-year-old Charles Bruder, and he was a Swiss bell captain at the Essex and Sussex Hotel. Bruder was attacked while swimming 130 yards from shore, his blood turned the water red as the shark bit him in the abdomen and severed his legs. Oh, and God. after hearing screams, a woman notified two lifeguards that a canoe with a red hull had capsized and was floating just at the water's surface. Lifeguards Chris Anderson and George White rode to Bruder in a lifeboat and realized that he had been attacked um, by the shark. And they pulled him from the water, but he bled to death on the way to shore. Yikes. According to the New York Times, quote, women were panic-stricken and fainted as Bruder's mutilated body was brought to shore, end quote. Um, Guests and workers at the Essex and Sussex and neighboring hotels raised money for Bruder's mother in Switzerland. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The next two major attacks took place in Matawan Creek near the town of Keyport on Wednesday, July 12th. Located 30 miles north of Spring Lake and inland from Raritan Bay, Matawan represented a Midwestern town rather than an Atlantic beach resort. Matawan's location made it an unlikely site for interactions between sharks and humans. It is, it's pretty inland. And once you start getting away from like the like typical quote unquote Jersey shore areas, um, it gets like GTL. Yeah. Uh, it, Jim Tan Laundry. <laughs> it, it's not... Yeah, it, the the culture shifts as soon as you start moving more inland. Even in like places like Brick, um, it's not as beach vibes. So this... And this is not like on the water. It's on um, this creek. So okay. people didn't believe that sharks could reach them in this area at this time. And the sharks were like, womp it. Yeah, right? So, sea captain and Matawan resident Thomas Cottrell spotted an eight-foot-long shark in the creek, but when he told people in the town, he was just straight-up dismissed. They were like, there's no fucking shark in the creek. You're out of your fucking mind. Um, Around 2 p.m., a group of local boys, including 11-year-old Lester Stillwell, were playing in the creek together. One of the boys had brought his dog along, which was swimming with them as well. Stop it with the dogs. But in the first one, I don't think the dog got hurt. Okay. The dog was never mentioned in any of my research besides the fact that he was originally in the water with the dog. What about this one? We'll get to it. I don't like you very um, much right now. So they were at an area called Wyckoff Dock, and uh, they saw what appeared to be what they described as an old 
black weather-beaten board or a weathered log. And a dorsal fin appeared in the water, and the boys realized that it was a shark. Before Stillwell could climb from the creek, the shark pulled him underwater. The boys ran into town for help, and several men, including local businessmen, uh, 24-year-old Watson Stanley Fisher, came to investigate. Fisher and the others dived into to the creek to find Stillwell, believing him to have had suffered a seizure. So the boys still didn't get any uh credit for saying that it was a shark they were like everyone was like no it's definitely not a shark like something else happened to him um so after they located the boy's body and attempted to return to shore fisher was also bitten by the shark in front of the townspeople losing stillwell in the process his right thigh was severed uh severely injured and he bled to death at monmouth memorial hospital in long branch at 5 30 p.m and Stillwell's body was recovered 150 feet upstream from Wyckoff Dock on July 14th, which was like two days after the actual attack happened. Wow. Yeah. So the fifth and final victim was 14-year-old Joseph Dunn of New York City, and he was attacked a half mile from Wyckoff Dock nearly 30 minutes after both the fatal attacks on Stillwell and Fisher. Whoa. The shark bit his left leg, but Dunn was rescued by his brother and friend after a vicious tug-of-war battle with the shark. I don't like Joseph, that. Right? Joseph Dunn was taken to St. Peter's uh, University Hospital in New Brunswick, and he recovered from the bite and was released on September 15th, 1916. Good for him. Yeah. So, the media descended on Beach Haven, Spring Lake, and Matawan, and the Jersey Shore attack started a nationwide shark panic. At first, this was like the inciting event, these attacks. So at first, after the Beach Haven incident, scientists and the press only reluctantly blamed the death of Charles Van Zandt on a shark. The New York Times reported that Van Zandt was, quote, badly bitten in the surf by a fish, presumably a shark, end quote. Still, state fish commissioner of Pennsylvania and former director of the Philadelphia Aquarium, James M. Meehan, maintained that the Philadelphia public ledger, um, he maintained in the Philadelphia public ledger, sorry, that the shark was preying on the dog and had bitten Van Zant by mistake. He specifically de-emphasized the threat sharks pose to humans, saying, quote, Despite the death of Charles Van Zant and the report of two sharks having been caught in the vicinity recently, I do not believe that there are any reasons why people should hesitate to go s- swimming in the beaches for fear of man-eaters. The information in regard to the sharks is indefinite, and I hardly believe that Van Zant was bitten by a man-eater. Van Zant was in the surf playing with a dog, and it may be that a small shark had drifted into high water and was marooned by the tide, being unable to move quickly and without food, he had come to bite the dog and snapped at the man in passing, end quote. Aww. Which, it's definitely a better theory than a shark was hunting these people down. Yes. I mean, this is most likely what happened, is that right. in two of these incidents, two of the five incidents, people were with dogs. So dogs yes. splash around a lot. Um often can look a little distressed. Some of them look distressed. like land seals. Yeah, They look true. like land seals. So if a shark is hungry, it's probably going to attack them and not something as big as a person, but whatever. Right, well, so, it's the same reason why sharks attack surfers so often is because they yeah. look like marine life. It's not because they're like, oh, I got a hankering for human flesh. It's like... They they see you on your surfboard and you look like a turtle or a manatee or a seal or yeah. what have you. And they're like, oh, let me get some blubber up in this bitch. I mean, it's been said by every um, every past Shark Week, every special like on Discovery or whatever, National Geographic that they talk about. Sharks only see you from down below. So if you're laying yes. on a surfboard or a boogie board, you look like something that they eat. They don't know what a surfboard yeah. or a boogie board is. They know what a sea turtle is or yes, a and seal. Also, you're backlit and they've got poor eyesight. Yeah. So that doesn't really help things either. Yeah. So, I mean, we know all this now, but this was also 1916 when this. Yeah, no. When research on this was not done as in depth as it is now. Right. 
Um, so the media's response to the second attack was much, was much more sensational. Major American newspapers such as the Boston Herald, the Chicago Sun-Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Washington Post, and the San Francisco Chronicle placed the story on the front page. Again, this is 1916. We don't have internet. We don't have a lot of uh, fast-moving um, ways to disseminate information. So the fact that all of these publications, Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, uh, San Francisco, all of these places from all across the country are posting this on the front page of their newspapers. This was a big thing that was going on. Right. Um, so the New York Times headline read, quote, shark killer, uh, shark kills bather off Jersey Beach, end quote. And the growing panic cost New Jersey resort owners an estimated $250,000 in lost tourism and sunbathing declined by 75% in some areas. And $250,000 in 1916 is the equivalent to $5,900,000 as of 2019, which I would assume is the same as 2020. Although, That's, I don't know if yeah. the dollar has taken a tank since COVID. Yeah, we may not be worth that much right now. <laughs> no, but it caught co- it. It basically cost the um, Jersey Shore its season, which is insane. Yeah. Um, a press conference was convened on July eighth, nineteen sixteen, at the American Museum of Natural History, with with scientists uh, Frederick Augustus Lucas. Thomas, uh, sorry, John Treadwell Nichols and Robert Cushman Murphy as panelists. I don't know why back in the day everyone had three names. Bit much. It's fun. I mean, look at all the serial killers that had three names. I know. So putting it out there. (laughs) To calm the growing panic, the three men stressed that a third run-in with a shark was unlikely. Uh Little did they know. Although they were admittedly surprised that sharks bit anyone at all. Um, Nevertheless, Nichols, who was the only ichthyologist in the trio, warned that uh, swimmers should stay close to the shore and take advantage of the netted bathing areas installed at public beaches after the first attack. Right. Um, Shark sightings increased along the mid-Atlantic coast following the attacks on July 8th armed motorboats patrolling the beach at uh, Spring Creek chased an animal that they thought to be a shark and Asbury Park's Asbury Avenue Beach was closed after lifeguard Benjamin Everingham claimed to have beaten off a 12-foot shark with an oar. Oh! Yeah. Casual. (laughs) Sharks were spotted near Bayonne, New Jersey, Rocky Point, New York, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Jacksonville, Florida, and Mobile, Alabama. I grew up in Bridgeport! Yeah, right? There's shocks there. Be careful. Um, A columnist for Field and Stream, which is like a hunting and fishing magazine publication, um, captured a sandbar shark in the surf at Beach Haven, and actress Gertrude Hoffman was swimming at the Coney Island Beach shortly after the Matawan fatalities when she claimed to have encountered a shark. The New York (laughs) Times... No, not cool. Mm Mm-mm. The New York Times noted that Hoffman, quote, had the presence of mind to remember that she had read in the Times that a bather can scare away a shark by splashing and she beat up the water furiously, end quote. Which Good. Uh, is, I don't think that's the way to go. No, I, I feel think, like they'll just think it's an animal in distress, but... That's what I'm saying. I think our, our awareness on what causes uh, shark attacks is different. But so then again, maybe don't I'm, follow that advice. I've never been attacked by a shark and I do tend to flail in the water. <sighs> so, yet. I mean, is there a is, <laughs> is there a correlation? Who I'm knows? still holding out hope I get attacked by a shark. Oh, I thought you were saying for me. Not yet. No, me. I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you can run this fucking thing on your own then. <laughs> um, local New Jersey governments made efforts to protect bathers and the economy from man-eating sharks. Mm. Quote, unquote, unquote. Yes. Um, the Fourth Avenue Beach at Asbury Park was closed with, uh, enclosed with a steel wire mesh fence and patrolled by armed motorboats. It remained the only beach open following the Everingham Act incident. 
After the attacks on Stillwell, Fisher, and Dunn, residents of Matawan lined uh, Matawan Creek with nets and detonated dynamite in an attempt to catch and kill the shark. Oh! Let's blow this shit up. That's New Jersey thinking for you. That won't make them mad. No, no. Uh, Matawan <laughs> Mayor Aris B. Henderson ordered the Matawan Journal to print wanted posters over offering a $100 reward to anyone who killed the shark in the creek. And in 2019-2020, that would be $2,300. No, not enough for me. Well, no, then again, now that I say this, all right, possibly enough for me, but that's still not very much. I don't want to kill a shark. I don't want to kill a shark. But also, if you're trying to incentivize people to kill a shark, that's not, that ain't it, Chief. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We've got a recession, like... $2,300, that's like not even two stimulus checks. Well, they don't know that now. But uh, you'll be happy to know that despite the town's efforts, no sharks were captured or killed in Matawan Creek. Okay, but what about the dogs? I think the dogs are okay. Okay. Uh, resort communities along the Jersey Shore petitioned the federal government to aid local efforts to protect beaches and hunt sharks. The House of Representatives appropriated $5,000, which would be $120,000 now, um, for eradicating... What? That's my language. Yeah, $120,000? Yeah, that I'll get behind. Yes. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good for that. Um, So they put up this money for eradicating the New Jersey shark threat, and President Woodrow Wilson scheduled a meeting with his cabinet to discuss the fatal attacks. So these couple of shark attacks in... One summer in New Jersey made it all the way up to the president. Um, The Treasury Secretary, William Gibbs McAdoo, M-C-A-D-O-O, McAdoo, um, suggested that the Coast Guard be mobilized to patrol the Jersey Shore and protect sunbathers. Shark hunts ensued across the coasts of New Jersey and New York as the Atlanta Constitution reported on July 14th, quote, Armed shark hunters in motorboats patrolled the New York and New Jersey coast today while others lined the beaches in a concerted effort to exterminate the man-eaters, end quote. New Jersey Governor James Fairman Fielder and local municipalities offered bounties to individuals hunting sharks. Hundreds of sharks were captured on the East Coast as a result of the attacks, and the East Coast shark hunt has been described as the largest-scale animal hunt in history. Well... Yeah, still really sad, though. Yeah, sad. But <laughs> I'm surprised that there were not... Like, if you think about it, I don't know. I'm surprised. Yeah, that's that all. this is that's all the I'm most leave it at. anyone has hunted for an animal? Yes. So, after the second incident, scientists and the public began presenting theories to explain which species of shark was responsible for the Jersey Shore attacks or whether multiple sharks were involved. Lucas and Nichols uh, proposed that a northward swimming rogue shark was responsible. They believed it would eventually arrive along the New York coast. Witnesses of the Beach Haven fatality estimated that the shark was about nine feet long. And a sea captain who saw the event believed that it was a Spanish shark, which I believe is another name for a sand tiger shark. I'm not exactly sure, though. Um, okay. He thought that it was a Spanish shark driven from the Caribbean Sea decades earlier by bombings during the Spanish-American War. Several fishermen claimed to have caught the quote-unquote Jersey man-eater in the days following the attacks. A blue shark was captured on July 14th near Long Branch, and four days later, the same Thomas Cottrell, who had seen the shark in Matawan Creek, claimed to have captured a sandbar shark with a gill net near the mouth of the creek. On July 14th, Harlem taxidermist and Barnum and Bailey lion tamer, Michael Schleisler, Schleisler, S-C-H-L-E-I-S-S-E-R, Schleser? Schleisler. 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 Wait, there's S-S-E-R or S-S-L-E-R? S-C-H-L-E-I-S-S-E-R. Schleisler. It's like He's slicer, a taxidermist sh- and a Barnum and Bailey slicer. lion tamer. Hey, it doesn't take dude. much. Barnum and Bailey was flying by the seat of their pants at that point. I guess. 
Well, this fucking guy caught a seven and a half foot, 325 pound shark while fishing in the Raritan Bay, only a few miles from the mouth of Matawan Creek. The shark nearly sank the boat before he was able to kill it Ooh. with a broken oar. What's all these people oh. killing shit with oars? Yeah. Um, when he opened the shark's belly, he removed a, quote, suspicious fleshy material and bones, end quote, that took up about two thirds of a milk crate and together weighed 15 pounds. Scientists identified the shark as a young great white and the ingested remains as human. Schlesler mounted the shark and placed it on display in the window of a Manhattan shop on Broadway, but it was later lost. How do you lose a shark? It's seven and a half feet long. Maybe it like jumped ship. And I don't know. They just didn't bother to look. Yeah, that's so that's I don't know. There's only one surviving photograph, and it appeared in the Bronx Home News. And okay. So no further attacks were reported along the Jersey Shore in the summer of 1916 after the capture of that great white shark. Murphy and Lucas declared the great white shark to be the Jersey man-eater. Oh. Although, there were skeptical individuals, however, that offered alternate hypotheses, including opinions that... Uh, suggesting that a non-shark perpetrator and even the influence of ongoing events associated with World War One. If you look at like the um, the Wikipedia page for this, like the 1916 shark attacks, mm-hmm. they get into some like like old timey conspiracy theories of what they Ooh. thought was going on. I'm not going into it because it's too crazy. So the increased presence of humans in the water proved to be a factor in the attacks um quote as the worldwide human population continues to rise year after year so does the interest in aquatic recreation the number of shark attacks in any given year or region is highly influenced by the number of people entering the water end quote which obviously would make more sense uh if more people go in the water there are more opportunities for there to be a shark attack so i mean that's just logic Unless you're going with 2020 logic of if we just stop testing people for the coronavirus, that means the cases will drop. Look at the numbers. The numbers are right there. Just look at the numbers. Science, it's, man. It's, it's skyrocketing because we're doing so great. Yeah. We're number one. Yeah. yeah. That's American That's thinking. what it means. And it's a good thing. Anyway. Don't let anybody else fool you with their before crazy conspiracy I, theories. Before I start weeping... Um, (laughs) the likelihood that one shark was involved is actually contested in this scientists such as uh, Victor M. Copelson and Gene Butler relying on evidence presented by Lucas and Murphy in 1916 asserted that a single shark was responsible on the other hand Richard uh, Fernicola notes that 1916 was a quote unquote shark year as fishermen and captains were reporting hundreds of sharks swimming in the mid-Atlantic region of the United States, Ellis remarks that, wow. quote, to try to make the facts as we know them conform to the rogue shark theory is stretching sensationalism and credibility beyond reasonable limits. The evidence is long gone, and we may never really know if there was one shark or several, one species or another that was responsible, end quote. So. Okay. It was a long time ago. There's not a ton of records that we can rely on. There's a lot of like conflicting witness testimony and crazy conspiracy theories. So we may never know what actually happened. But I'm when you get in the water, it's the shark's territory. I think I'm okay with that as long as the dogs are okay. Yeah. So yeah, truly, you're coming into their home. Yeah. And now we're getting into the pop culture. So. Woo! The 1916 fatal attacks are the subject of three studies. Richard G. Fernicola's uh, In Search of the Jersey Man-Eater from 1987. And he also did 12 Days of Terror that came out in 2001. And then there was also Michael Capuzzo's Close to Shore from 2001. Capuzzo offers an in-depth dramatization of the incident, and Fernicola examines the scientific, medical, and social aspects of the attacks. Fernicola's research is the basis of an episode of the History Channel's documentary series, In Search Of, 
and it was titled Shark Attack 1916, and that came out in 2001. And also the, uh, like I said, the 12 Days of Terror. Okay. Fernicola also wrote and directed a 90-minute uh, documentary called Tracking the Jersey Maneater. It was produced by the George Marine Library in 1991, but it was never widely released, so I don't have a lot of info on it. Okay. The attacks at Matawan are the subject of the National Geographic Channel documentary um, Attacks of the Mystery Shark. Ooh. That was from 2002. And it explains the possibility that a bull shark was responsible for the killings of Stanley Fisher and Lester Stilwell. And I'll get to the bull shark possibility in a minute. Okay. The Matawan attacks are also featured in the Discovery Channel's Blood in the Water from 2009. Shore thing. Shore as in like Jersey Shore yeah. thing. From, also from 2009. And the Smithsonian Channel's The Real Story, Jaws, from 2011. <gasps> Ooh, dun, dun, dun. And that last one is a uh, further study of the Jersey Shore attacks, and it takes a closer look at the series of events from different perspectives. It was um, demonstrated in the Matawan Creek attacks that, um, for example, the full moon of the lunar cycle, which would have coincided with the attacks, would have raised the salt level in the water by more than double just a few hours before high tide, and this would support the theory that a great white could have been responsible. Okay. Other evidence, such as Joseph Dunn's inquiry, suggests that the type of shark was more likely made um, by a bull shark as opposed to a great white, leading some to believe that more than one shark was involved in the five incidents. Wow. Yeah. But, like, getting into the science of it is, like, how much, like, the salt level would make a difference. Because, like, if people aren't as uh, interested in shark biology as I am, because I'm a nerd, uh, uh, bull sharks are one of the only sharks that can go in uh, salt water and fresh water and can make that, um, that transition relatively easily. Um, but hmm. if, the shark, if the salt level was more than double at that time... The possibility that it could have been a great white? Yeah, makes sense. Huh, the more you know. Yeah. Um, the attacks were also briefly referenced in um, Peter Benchley's novel, White Shark. Um, we'll talk about his more famous novel in a sec. But one <laughs> of my favorite uh, references is Seattle hardcore band Akimbo put out a 2008 concept album called Jersey Shores, and it was based on the 1916 attacks. No way. Why is it also always like the hardcore bands? I mean, it's you true know, crime stuff, woke. so maybe that's it. They're woke. <laughs> they're woker than us? Yes. Yeah, right. Um, so now to the most famous pop culture that everyone wants to hear about. And that Finding is Nemo. Jaws. Finding ja Jaws. Finding, Finding Nemo. what? Nemo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that works. <laughs> so, in case you didn't know, Jaws was actually a novel first from 1974. And it was written by Peter Benchley. And it has a 3.97 out of 5 on Goodreads with over 130,000 ratings. Oh, not bad. So pretty good and it has um it's one of the few books that has like a google score and it's got 91 percent Ooh, yeah so obviously <clears throat> if you've ever seen jaws or haven't been living under a rock it's about a rogue great white shark that terrorizes the fictional mid-atlantic uh coastal community of amity island and the chief of police martin brody biologist matt hooper and fisherman Quint hunt the shark after it kills four people. After the first publication in 1974, the novel was a great success, with the hardback staying on the bestseller list for around 44 weeks, and the subsequent paperback selling millions of copies in the following year. But despite the commercial success, reviews were mixed. The most common criticism focused on the human characters. Michael A. Rogers of Rolling Stone declared that, quote, none of the humans are particularly likable or interesting, end quote, and Ooh. also confessed that the shark was his favorite character, saying, quote, 
and one suspects Benchley's also, end quote. Oh. Steven Yikes. Spielberg shared the sentiment, saying that he initially found many of the characters unsympathetic and wanted the shark to win, a characterization <laughs> he changed in the film adaption. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. I'm not going to yep. lie. I didn't know that. That's funny. <laughs> so then, obviously, 1975, the movie Jaws comes out. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 98%. And Ooh, audience wow. score of 90% with close to a million user ratings. Hmm. And a Google score of 88% and an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, no. Sorry. My G-O-O-G-L-E turned on when I said it. <coughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to do that, we might as well do both. Hey, Alexa. Here, girl. Alexa. <laughs> hey, Siri. Don't start it. Oh, oh. mine started! <laughs> of course Shit. it did. Shit! <laughs> anyway, the critics' consensus for the movie is, quote, compelling, a well-crafted storytelling, and a judicious sense of terror uh, ensure Steven Spielberg's, Steven Spielberg's Jaws has remained a benchmark in the art of delivering modern blockbuster thrills, end quote. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm tripping over all of my words. Hold on, let me take a sip of tea. Hashtag T. I'm better now. Anyway. Okay. So, as you can imagine, the novel was adapted to the film Jaws by Steven Spielberg in 1975. Spielberg's film makes reference to the events of 1916, when Brody, played by Roy Schneider, and Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfuss, urge Amity's Mayor Vaughn, played by Murray Hamilton, to close the beaches on the 4th of July after the deaths of two swimmers and a fisherman. Cooper explains to the mayor, quote, look, the situation that apparently a great white shark has staked a claim to the waters off Amity Island, and he's going to continue to feed here as long as there is food in the water, end quote. Brody then adds, quote, and there's no limit to what he's going to do. I mean, we've already had three incidents, two people killed inside of a week, and it's going to happen again. It happened before the Jersey Beach, 1916, five people chewed up on the surf, end quote. Hmm. Richard Ellis, Richard Fernicola, and Michael Capuzzo all suggest that the 1916 Jersey Shore attacks, Copelson's rogue shark theory, and the exploits of New York fisherman Frank Mundus, who caught a great white shark weighing uh, 4,550 pounds off the shore eh. of Montauk Point, Long Island. Um, all of these things, they said, inspired Benchley to write his novel. Um, so that's why Jaws is said to be like kind of kind of based on this yeah <clears throat> a little bit yeah no it makes sense uh, i mean it started shark panic so right obviously if you're going to write a book about famous shark attacks they're going to be mentioned yes so jaws opened in 409 theaters with a record 700 mil uh sorry 7 million weekend and grossed a record 21 million 116 thousand 354 dollars in its first 10 days and it, it immediately recouped all of its production costs oh yeah it was a Damn. big fucking deal well then it grossed it grossed $100 million in its first 59 days from only 954 play dates. Uh, oh. Yeah. That's... But this was also a time when everyone went to the movies. True. And what, like, the wasn't was it the released around shit. Christmas? Wasn't it released at like Christmas time too? So there's like nothing have, to do. I don't have the exact uh, release date. Um, but... In just 78 days of it playing, it overtook The Godfather as the highest grossing film in the North American box office, and it sailed Rightfully past... Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, right? It <laughs> sailed past the picture's earnings of $86 million and became the first film to earn $100 million in the U.S. theatrical rentals. Wow. Its initial release ultimately brought in $123.1 million in rentals. Theatrical re-releases in 1976 and the summer of 1979 brought its total rentals to 133.4 million, 
And as of June of this year, due to the coronavirus pandemic, uh, closing most theaters worldwide and limiting what films are played. Films are played. Yep. Jaws returned to 187 theaters, mostly drive-ins, and it grossed $516,300. Huh. Yeah. The more you know. The the drive-in by us was doing a double feature of Jaws and Jurassic Park. Nice. And yeah. But the only days that I could have gone, it was fucking pouring. So I uh. couldn't see it. I mean, you can. I've been to a drive-in theater when it's raining. It's just not I as know, fun. But I didn't want to go in the rain. Yeah, no, it's not as fun. It was also like 8,000 degrees. So I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not sitting in mm-hmm. the rain in a million degrees in the car. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Sorry, maybe next but time. Yeah. Real cool that it came back to some theaters. I love that some theaters yeah. are playing old movies. It's amazing. Yeah, the ones by me are playing the Goonies right now. And That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Or we went to one a couple weeks ago. It was free. It was put on by a city near us, and they showed the Princess Bride, and I was like, <gasps> "I love that." Here we so fucking much. go. It's my favorite, and so and it's Michael so had never seen it, so I was like, <gasps> "We gotta go." It's I just free. showed it to Elliot a little while ago. It's so uh, good. So good. So good. Like yeah. Chef's Kiss. Jaws is pretty good too like I mean Jaws is fantastic as good as it can be I've seen so my dad tried showing me Jaws when I was like seven years old it's a dad movie but it's not a dad movie that dad should show their seven-year-olds the night of Halloween when it's supposed to be bedtime I don't think it's I I personally don't think it's a horror movie I think it's like a thriller but it's not I don't like that though yeah but it's got the jump scares it, that's that's yeah. where you lose me my friends yeah that's that's the end of that now from what i saw i was very impressed and i i probably could sit through it today but no my mom came downstairs after putting my brother and sister to bed and was like what the fuck is going on don't you see how scared she is and i was like ah she's fine yeah jaws is one Rips of the most quoted in movies in my house like growing up yeah because like my dad's like i would say my dad's top three favorite movies are jaws caddyshack and Spaceballs. yep so any one of those was quoted but my dad like my dad would be quint in another life <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> Oh, like the amount cute. of times like we've been at the beach and we're like sharks in the water <laughs> i can <laughs> just see your dad doing that oh just, no i uh, heard that sharks in the water man's in oh. the water god anyway. bless jim <laughs> so um while the film was in theaters it was said to have caused a single case of cinematic neurosis yeah in a 17 year old female viewer Cinematic neurosis is a condition in which viewers exhibit mental health disturbances or a worsening of existing mental health disturbances after viewing a film. Mm. And the, the symptoms first presented as sleep disturbances and anxiety. But one day, uh, one day after seeing the movie, the patient was screaming sharks, sharks and experienced convulsions. Wow. So, Oof. Yikes. Um, this case study caused the film to become notable in the uh, medical community alongside, of course, The Exorcist, which we'll get to talk to eventually, right? Um, for causing stress reactions in its viewers and was later used in a study by Brian R. Johnson to test how susceptible audiences were to cinematic stress inducers. His study found that stress can be induced by... Uh, by cinema in segments of the general population and Jaws specifically caused stress reactions in its viewers. While Johnson could not find an exact cause for the stress response in viewers, whether it be the suspense, the gore, or the music production, a 1986 study by G. Sparks found that particularly violent films, including Jaws, tend to cause the most intense reactions in viewers. Yeah. I would personally say that this and the exorcist really although less less so the exorcist people can relate to like so hard because it feels so real yeah because every like i would say most of the population has been to the beach or been to a large body of water yeah and a very very common fear is the fear of 
the deep of like not being able to see like what's underneath you the unknown yeah yeah so i think everyone can relate to that in some sort of way and like similarly with the exorcist like it just felt so real that like right and it was presented as so factual that you're like shit this is this could happen right and i can see it happening yeah and also like they do mention the music production as being something that could create suspense and i'll get to (laughs) the music production in this but similarly again with the exorcist the music is so iconic that yes just hearing it could like raise your heart rate you're like oh god it's this again no exactly i mean even jaws like that one recurring theme it doesn't matter if you've seen the movie it doesn't matter if you've seen it a million times or not at all you know what it is and it makes you a little nervous how how many times as a child have you been to like a pool and one of your friends goes dun 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 yeah i was like yeah the, I did that to my sister. Hey, Jean. Uh, at our <laughs> dinky little pool when we were kids. You gotta. She did not like it. No, I don't blame her. She's gonna call me out on it. I would not have liked it either, Jean. It's okay. No, it was fine. It was a no. fun time. Yeah, okay. Says you. Our Let's hear like, what the victim has to say. <laughs> our pool was like four feet deep. It was fine. There was no but sharks it in it. it didn't feel four feet deep. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever um so jaws won three academy awards for best film editing best original dramatic Mm -hmm. score and best sound all deserved it was also nominated for best picture and do you know what it lost to came out in in 1975 came out in 75 yep i'm gonna go with it's kind of it's it's a spooky one oh okay then it's not the one that i'm thinking of um Fuck it. Let's go with The Exorcist. No. It lost to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. Yeah. Mm, it's also a good movie. Pretty good movie. That makes sense. That's That, yeah. that must have been a rough year for cinema in terms yeah. of so many good movies, not enough time. Yeah. Not yeah. enough awards. Not enough awards. But and that's before we even started including women yeah right um i'll tell you who didn't get an award uh steven spielberg was greatly resented um by the fact that he was not nominated for best director Mm -hmm. he was not pleased and he is one of a few directors i know ben affleck is another one to have their picture nominated for best picture and not be nominated for best director it's not a common thing yeah i don't get it i don't i don't Whatever. But I think he did a great job. Though, actually, fun fact. So, you know He's not how doing bad. Not to... Huh? He's not doing bad. So, just because no, he didn't win... No, he's not doing bad. Yeah. But as a fun fact, so Steven Spielberg, the the shark prop, the, like, mechanical shark that they used in the mm-hmm. film, did you know that he named the shark Bruce after his lawyer. And that is what inspired the creators of Finding Nemo to name Bruce the Great White Shark Bruce. That's a pretty good name for a Great White Shark. Full circle. Full circle. It is so much so that Finding Nemo was like, yep, we can borrow this. Yeah. He called him that and the Great White Turd. Great. I prefer Bruce. (laughs) I have... um an uncle that works in California on a bunch of sets and stuff. And one day, like some years ago, I think it was like maybe like 10 years ago. Now he sent me a photo of, cause he was working on the universal backlot and the shark is just like back there. Like, yeah, just, just hanging out, <laughs> just stored back there. So he took a picture of it and sent yeah. it to me. I was like, that's amazing. I think um, you can even see it on tours. Yeah, probably. It was if just like mistaken. out. It's not like it was hidden behind anything. It was just like there. Yeah, it's just hanging out. Yeah. Um, but back to some awards. So along with the Oscar, John Williams' score won the Grammy Award, the BAFTA Award for the Best Film Music, and the Golden Globe Award. 
And to her Academy Award, Verna Fields added the American Cinema Editor's Eddie Award for the Best Edited Feature Film. Ooh. Yeah, very nice. And Jaws was chosen as the favorite movie at the People's Choice Awards. It was also nominated for Best Film, Director, and Actor, uh, with Richard Dreyfuss being the actor. Editing and Sound Mm -hmm. at the 29th British Academy Film Awards. And the Best Film Drama, Director, and Screenplay at the 33rd Golden Globe Awards. Spielberg was nominated by the Directors Guild of America for a DGA award and the Writers Guild of America nominated Peter Benchley and Carl Gottlieb's script for the best adapted drama. Nice. In the years since its release, Jaws was frequently cited uh, by film critics and industry professionals as one of the greatest movies of all time, as it should be, because it is. Yes, I agree. It was number 48 on American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Movies, a list of the greatest American films of all time, compiled in 1998. But it dropped to number 56 on the 10-year anniversary list, still in the top 100, still very good. Nice. I didn't know that. That's Um, pretty cool. It has. It's on a bunch more lists. So AFI also <laughs> ranked um, the shark actually uh, um, at number eighteen on the list of the fifty best villains of all time. Cool. Oh, go Bruce. Which it pretty good. Yeah. Good um, for Bruce. Roy Schneider's line, "You're gonna need a bigger boat," um, was number thirty-five on the list of top one hundred movie quotes. Hmm. And John Williams's score was sixth on the list of 100 years of film scores. And the film was ranked second on a list of 100 most thrilling films. Um, number one being, you want to guess it? The Exorcist. <laughs> no, nope. it's another scary movie. Much more famous. Oh, it's another one? Black and white. M- more famous? Oh, eek, black eek, and white. Eek, eek. Um, uh, Shh. I was either going to say The Birds or Psycho because it's got to be a Hitchcock film. Psycho, obviously. But since you did the he, 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 yeah, it's Psycho. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Psycho number one, Jaws number two. That's perfect. <clears throat> yeah. In 2003, the New York Times included uh, Jaws on its list of the best 1,000 movies ever made. And the following year, Jaws placed at the top of Bravo's five-hour miniseries, The 100 Scariest Movie Moments, which I think I included in our What to Watch During Quarantine series. You can find, like, the whole uh, special on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, it's number one on their list of 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Um, Yeah. The... Chicago Film Critics Association named it the sixth scariest film ever made as of 2006. And in 2008, Jaws was ranked the fifth greatest film in history by Empire Magazine, which also placed Quint at number, uh, yeah, at number 50 on its list of the 100 greatest movie characters of all time. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. The film has been cited. Not real person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. The film has been cited in many other lists of 50 and 100 greatest films, including ones compiled by Leonard Maltin, Entertainment Weekly, Film 4, Rolling Stone, Total Film, TV Guide, and Vanity Fair. Oh, okay. So it's constantly on the top list. Obviously. Yeah, makes sense. Checks out. And in 2001, the United States Library of Congress... Selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry, recognizing it as a landmark horror film and the first uh, quote-unquote summer movie. Oh. In 2006, its screenplay was ranked the 63rd best of all time by the Writers Guild of America. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, the Motion Picture Editors Guild listed the film as the eighth best edited film of all time based on a survey of its membership. Nice. Wow. So... It's winning awards. It's getting on lists. It's popular. It's it's famous. It's doing good. So if you haven't seen it, it's your problem. Yeah. Um, basically. The, fi- the film has inspired two theme park rides. Mm-hmm. One at Universal Studios Florida, yep. which closed in January 2012. 
and one at Universal Studios Japan. Oh. And there's also an animatronic version of the scene from the film on the studio tour at Universal Studios Hollywood, like we said. Mm -hmm. And there have been at least two musical adaptions of Jaws, the musical. Oh. Which premiered in 2004. Yeah. I want to see this. (laughs) This shit. Okay. If there's no pool on stage, I'm not seeing it. (laughs) So... It premiered in 2004 at the Minnesota Fringe Festival, and then there was another one called Giant Killer Shark, the musical, which oh premiered in 2006 at the Toronto Fringe Festival. Yeah. That's something. Oof. That's a thing that exists. My favorite is Jaws, the musical, because there's an exclamation point after it, so it's Jaws, the musical. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there are three video games based on the film. Um, 1987's Jaws, developed by LJN for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Hmm. In 2006, uh, uh, Jaws Unleashed by Majesco Entertainment for the Xbox, PlayStation 2, and PC. And in 2011, there was Jaws Ultimate Predator, uh, also by Majesco for Nintendo, 3DS, and Wii. See, like, uh... And the mobile game was released in 2010 for the iPhone. So go ahead and play that. Oh, I've I've got a question, though. Why is it Jaws Unleashed? You cannot leash a shark. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it's like it's incorrect from the the source that I got it from, because maybe it's unleashed by. No, it's definitely Jaws Unleashed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but it doesn't make sense to me. But uh, another fun fact uh, Aristocrat made an officially licensed slot machine based on the movie. Ooh, that's fun. So sometimes, like, if you go to, like, a casino, they, like, cycle out. Like, I was, mm-hmm. like, heavy on, like, the penny slot Wizard of Oz machines when I went. <laughs> but, um, I didn't see a Jaws one, but I'll, I'd, pro- I'd probably play a Jaws one. Yeah, I would have played a Jaws one. I, I remember there was a Deli Parton one when I went, but... That's fun. Didn't get to play it because she was not a penny slot understandably so she's expensive kitty yeah yeah she is um in 2017 video game developer zen studios developed and released a virtual pinball adaption of the film as part of the universal classics add-on package for the virtual pinball game pinball fx3 and um yeah uh apparently there's 3d figures of quint and jaws and you can play missions from either character's perspective so that's fun I like that. And just before we go, uh, it being Shark Week and all, and me loving sharks, I'm just going to throw some shark facts at you. Go for it. Throw them at me. Because it's fun. So, biologist George A. Lano and Richard Ellis suggested that a bull shark could have been responsible for the fatal Jersey Shore attacks because bull sharks swim from the ocean into freshwater rivers and streams and have attacked people around the world. And in his book, Sharks, Attacks on Man, from 1975, Lano writes, quote, One of the most surprising aspects of the Manawan Creek attacks was the distance from the open sea. Elsewhere in the book are accounts of well-documented shark-human interactions uh, in Iran, um, this one place in Iran, which I can't pronounce, uh, which is 90 miles upriver from the sea. It may also be of interest to note that sharks live in Lake Nicaragua, a fresh body of water. And in 1944, there was a bounty offered for dead freshwater sharks as they had killed and severely injured lake bathers recently. End quote. Oh, wow. Yeah. So everyone was like, it's a great white shark because they're huge and terrifying. And like, it had to have been like a huge shark. But bull sharks are much smaller, much more aggressive and can go into freshwater. And more likely to be that close to shore as everybody was. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Throw on some shark (laughs) facts. Shark facts. You have a 1 in 63 chance. (laughs) Shark fact. Ooh, ha, ha. (laughs) Yes. You have a 1 in 63 chance of dying from the flu. A 1 in 218 chance of dying from just falling. Oh, Okay. But only a 1 in 3,700,000 chance of being attacked by a shark. Wow. So, 
Do not be afraid of being attacked by a shark. You can go into the water at the beach. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Just be smart. Right. In America, in 1996, toilets injured 43,000 people. Buckets and pails injured almost 11,000 people. And 2,600 people were injured by room air fresheners. 2,600 people. I would love to see. Injured by air fresheners. (laughs) Can you ah. guess how many sharks injured in 1996? 1996, nine. Thirteen. Okay, I was close. I'll More take it. people were injured by air fresheners than sharks. I mean, sometimes you so they're not spray the wrong you. way. Maybe. I don't know. Um... This is another fun one. In both 2016 and 2017, more people were killed by taking selfies in a dangerous situation than fatally injured by sharks in the same year. So, again, you're more likely to die. Honestly, (laughs) well-deserved. Yeah. You're more likely to die taking a shitty selfie than you are getting attacked by a shark. So calm down. Yeah. And of the nearly 500 species of sharks, only about 30 have ever attacked a human And three species, the great white, the tiger shark, and the bull shark, are responsible for the majority of human fatalities. But Hmm. of that 500 species of sharks, 143 are listed as under threat, which means they're um, threatened to be extinct. So yeah, they're in danger. We got to do better. Poor buddies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 97% of all shark species are completely harmless to humans. And Yay. this is due to their size and their teeth design. Mm-hmm. And most sharks um, are not designed, like, most sharks' teeth are not designed for large prey. Like, um, one of the most f- popular sharks to have in an aquarium is a sandbar shark. And those mm-hmm. are the big, long, brown ones with the teeth that stick out. Their teeth, if they get something big that's going to move around a lot, like a live human... Uh, their teeth will break off and they're not willing to lose all of their teeth on something like that. So yeah, they're not going to attack you. Good buddies. Um, and <laughs> this is a good fact. According to Nat Geo Wild, 93% of shark attacks from 1580 to 2010 were on men. Probably deserved. So 93%. Yeah, they probably That's deserved it. Stop hoeing around and then we Um, won't send the sharks after you. (laughs) But the explanation comes down to um, just general numbers. More men surf than women. More men Mm -hmm. boogie board and more men scuba dive. And these are all sports that come with a risk of getting attacked. And more men are stupid and will swim at like night and be drunk and stuff like that. That's closer probably to what the reality is. Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, that is the end of my shark facts. Uh, I just want to leave you with the knowledge that 143 out of 500 species of sharks are under threat from overfishing. And yeah. uh, they do not need to be fished for because you don't need shark fin soup. You can no. get by without it. And yeah. they are what, one of the most important parts of our ecosystem. And they've been around mm-hmm. for over 400 million years. And just to put that into perspective, um, the extinction of um, the dinosaurs was 65 million years ago. So oh, sharks wow. have been around. Yeah. Sharks have been around for way long. And uh, they're a vital part of our ecosystem and we need to keep them around. So yes. Jaws is not real. Um, yes, you can get attacked by a shark. If you're in an area where you can get attacked by a shark, but more people die of um, air getting attacked by cows. Oh, and yes, air and that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so don't be stupid. Be aware and share the space. Yeah. That's that. I think that's, I think that's all solid advice. Yeah. And happy Shark Week. Yes. Go ahead and watch that. It's on Discovery like it is every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have myself a shark party because I got a tablecloth with sharks on it and little shark plates and little straws that have little sharks on them. So I'm ready 
to have a fucking shark party. I'm so excited. Yeah, I usually throw a shark party for myself about once a month, but I haven't in a while. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Fun times. (laughs) Woo! Um, I'll try to put a bunch of stuff on the website. That's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Um, oh, if you want to watch Jaws, if you're some weirdo that's never seen it, I think you can watch it on, it's definitely on Hulu. I think it's on Netflix now. I'm not exactly sure. Please hold. I can but check. It's on Hulu, we're talking about it in the searching. US. Yes. But I remember seeing that it was on Hulu when I was uh, doing research. So, oh, I might be thinking about Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is definitely on yeah. Netflix right now. So Jurassic Jaws might Park be just is on, on Netflix. Jaws is not yeah. on Netflix, but Soul Surfer is. Okay, good. Just putting that out there. Just just putting that out there. Practically finding the same Nemo's thing. on Disney Plus. Um, I'm not seeing Jaws on Hulu. I'm seeing Saving Jaws with renowned biologist Ocean oh. Ramsey, aka the Shark Whisperer. No way, that's her real name. Um. But I am not seeing Jaws Jaws. All right. There's there's fir- there's versions, like there's sequels that you can watch with live TV on Hulu if you have that. But if you're a pleb like yeah, us. And- so there's a reason why I didn't mention the Jaws sequels, because they are not <laughs> great. No. Um, there's there's Jaws 3D. Ooh. Um it's not good you'd be better off watching sharknado yeah sharknado is a solid film yeah um it's a classic anyway right up this is now rambling (laughs) when is it not (laughs) (laughs) right uh yeah website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com you can find all the links to our social media facebook instagram twitter uh our link to our patreons on there you can Mm -hmm. join our patreon we love all of our patreon uh supporters and um that's it that's all she wrote so we will see you next tuesday goodbye okay bye